Performance is transient, fees are persistent. So what that means is the only thing you can be sure of at all when you're looking at your super is how much you're going to pay. Personal finance, budgeting, cash flow and investing don't have to be scary words. The We Talk Sense podcast is here to help you learn more about money and take control of your personal finances. We Talk Sense podcast is not a financial advisor. This podcast is made for entertainment and educational purposes only. All information shared is of a general nature and does not take into account your personal situation. You should consider whether the information is appropriate for your needs and where appropriate, seek professional advice from a financial advisor. For more information, please check out wemoney.com.au slash disclaimer. Hello, Blaze Pengjali here, joining you today for We Talk Sense, the Aussie podcast bringing you money news and info to help you on your path to financial wellness. As always, we are joined by the one, the only DJ Dan. Dan, what's going on? Well, Blaze, it is sayonara to summer here. The weather is cooling down. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to getting into the mid-20s. Duna weather, no air conditioning, just blissful, perfect temperature. Well, your energy bill will be thankful uh, once you turn the aircon off and before you turn the heater on. I think uh, spring, no, not spring. What are we in? Autumn. Autumn is the time of year that I think the energy bill uh, has a little bit of a break, hey? Totally, totally. How about you? What's going on in your world? Well, Dan, I've officially done it. I went ahead <laughs> and I I opened up my UpBanking app and I deleted my saver for my new... The four-wheel drive adventure car that I wanted to buy, I've chatted about it for a little while and I've been looking, I've been saving, I've been on Marketplace, you know, every spare moment of every day looking for the right second-hand car to purchase. But I decided, you know what, with petrol prices at the moment and a lot of events being cancelled, maybe buying a car right now that's going to guzzle a lot more fuel than my current one is probably not the best financial decision. So, yeah, I uh, I deleted a saver and not because I achieved it, but because I've decided to redirect my goals. So I'm a bit sad about it, but I think it's the right choice. Well, Blaze, couldn't agree with you more. I have seen some recent news that used car prices are actually falling. They're probably going to fall now more because nobody wants to drive the car, which just reminds mm. me again, I had to go to the petrol station again to fill up not my car, Blaze, my wife's car. She sneakily left me with like 10 kilometers left in the tank. So I had to go and <laughs> fill it up. And oh my goodness. Oh. Yeah. If you, if I think people right now are actually just considering, oh, do I really want to go and jump in the car? Cause it's going to be like a $5 trip. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always a time and place for this, for this new yeah. vision and goal. And maybe you can find something else that might scratch your itch for getting a car with something else. Yeah, well, that's the plan. You got really stitched up by your wife there, Dan, but very clever on her part. <laughs> Do you know what? The I know we've discussed fuel prices for a couple of weeks now, but it's still, I just can't get over how expensive they are. I have been getting, do you remember back when Uber first came out and surge pricing was a massive thing? Oh, yes. And there was one year where on New Year's and Christmas, oh, when victim. everyone is needing, yep, yeah, 
everyone is needing someone else to drive them around. There were surge prices that took a $40 trip to, say, a $700 trip in some instances. And everyone is posting their their costs all over social media. That's literally what is happening now with fuel prices. Every day I get a text message, I get a screenshot, I get a Snapchat, a Snapchat going, oh my God, I can't believe I just forked this out for fuel. So... Yeah, I don't think, I think you're right, Dan. I'm not the only one that's going, hang on a minute, maybe buying a bigger car right now that is going to guzzle a lot more is not a very good idea. Totally, totally. Just one last thing. I'm not sure if you remember this or whether we throw back nostalgia to people who were pay players, but did you ever have this rule where if you picked up your mates, they had to give like a gold coin donation to like cover up <laughs> the fuel costs? <laughs> I didn't have the rule, but um, I would. It would always be very much appreciated if someone uh, put put some money in because yeah, fuel <laughs> goes quickly. I'd hate to be a pea plater now. Like, jeez, oh, you'd goodness. be you'd be really forking out. <laughs> All right, Blazy. Well, what do we have in the news this week? Well, I saw something. We've talked about the Great Resignation and unemployment, but I actually saw something about unemployment falling to a record low. Did Mm. you hear about that, Dan? I did, yeah. Some recent stats that have come out recently from the ABS where in February this year, 2022, the unemployment rate has fallen to a staggering 4%, which is one of the lowest figures in the last 50 years here in Australia. This number has dropped from 42 to 4%, so we are on a trend heading downwards. And it's only the third time in history of this monthly survey where employment has been as low as 4%. And the last time this happened was in February 2008 when we were going through another another boom, just right before a bust, mind you. So this is pretty tremendous uh, in terms of what it means for people. And it's really interesting that the unemployment rate for women hit actually 3.8% while it was 4.2% for men. Uh, so there's some interesting wow. gender differences there as well. And overall empro- employment increased by 77,000 people, which means that 77,000 people found jobs and unemployment. So those people searching and looking for work fell by about 19,000 people. So it's pretty tremendous that we're in a pandemic. I get it. People can't move around, but the unemployment rate is staggeringly globalized. What do you make of it? I've got a couple of thoughts about this and I, you know, let me know if I'm on the right track or or not. So one of the things I think is that, you know, there's a lot of uh, people, the great resignation is happening at the moment. There's a lot of people leaving work, looking for new work. Uh, that's something we've discussed on the show before as well. So a lot of people looking out for new jobs, new opportunities. So that could probably have something to do with it. And then also... Are people trying to bounce back financially? Are people are there more jobs available? Has the pandemic and everything that's going on in the world at the moment mean that there's more? Does that mean that there's more opportunities for people to be hired? Like, what's how is how is it how is the rate dropping? Why is it so low? Yeah, I think it's probably a combination of all those factors. Blows. Um, there's people can actually can't come into the country. Uh, there is more fierce mm. competition for, for roles. There is more people that are changing employers. So mobility is really high. And mm-hmm. yeah, probably just a combination of all those factors together just is reducing this uh, unemployment rate, which is pretty good for Australia. I mean, there is a, a silver lining here amongst all the, all the other bad news. 
Yeah, awesome. I've completely forgot about all the uh, backpackers that can't come into the country at the moment to pick all the the blueberries. So, uh, shout outs to the to the blueberry farmers that are probably having to do a lot more picking than they they, they usually would at the moment. But yeah, super to hear that unemployment is falling. And speaking of super, shall we invite in today's guest, Trenna Probert from Super Fierce? Let's do it, boys. All right, let's get into it. Joining us today on the pod, we have a pretty remarkable human being. Last year, in 2021, she was awarded Venture Winner for CEO, which is pretty damn cool. Also cool is the fact that she's an entrepreneur who is currently working towards closing the gender wealth gap in superannuation. She has over 30 years experience in the financial services sector, where she's developed her career as a financial product engineer and strategist. She loves giving people the confidence to know that they can understand money and build financial resilience. When she's not in the office, you can find her learning to kickbox, singing loudly and being an amazing mum, friend and wife. She's the CEO, or should I say CEO, of Super Fierce and she's tuning in now live from Sydney on the East Coast. Welcome the fabulous Trenna Probert. How are you, Trenna? I'm great. It's wonderful to be here with you, Blaze and Dan. Excellent, Trenna. So good to have you on the show. And we understand that, you know, you're really passionate about this topic of financial resilience. So, where you can tell me more about, you know, what sort of brought you to having a deep passion in, in this space and, and also to, to super fierce? I, I mean, I think that the only way you can get truly excited about this, if you're not like a total nerd, and I, I am a bit of a nerd, <laughs> but I'm not like a complete tragic nerd is um is if you've made a lot of mistakes along the way and and paid the price for them you know and i i'm a mum. i've got three teenagers and a nine-year-old and so i'm really passionate about making sure that young people not only don't make the same mistakes that i did but that they can take other steps that mean that they can live a really great life trina can i pry what's a mistake that you've made or what's a um yeah, what's what has there been a turning point for you in your life that has made you really go, all right, financial resilience, here we go, let's chase it? Yeah, there have been lots of um, areas where I've reflected that I wish I'd made different decisions. And despite working in finance and having a pretty high-flying career, you know, I used to travel around the world first class and do all sorts of cool stuff, you know, I, I really didn't take money seriously. Um, which was strange given mm. I worked in finance, but, you know, it, didn't, it wasn't my jam. It was just kind of something that I got and I didn't pay a lot of attention to it, even though, you know, from a um, from industry perspective, I understood it really well. But for me personally, it didn't matter. You know, I was never mm. driven by money. I was never driven by the stuff. So I probably didn't pay as much attention to it as I should. Um, but I also made some pretty bold decisions and I don't regret those. So at the age of 29, I talked myself into a redundancy when I was working at American Express. And, you know, I worked really hard for that redundancy because I decided I wanted to set up my first business before I turned 30. And so, you know, and that's how I did it. And back then... Wow. So 29 and then 30 within the same year. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, back then 50K went a long way. <laughs> so, mm. um, and so, you know, one of the things I'm actually passionate about with when I'm talking to young people is have a strategy around redundancies. Don't always be terrified of them because they can actually be really good for you, but they're a really good reason to make sure you've got some extra cash um, stashed away or working hard for you somewhere else because, you know, this may be fake news. I'm probably making this stat up, but it's 
close to it, which is, you know, most young people can expect to face redundancies or those sorts of situations mm -hmm. about six times in their career. And now that we've got patchwork careers or portfolio careers or whatever you want to call that, you know, there's often going to be those little, you know, hiccups between, um, you know, consistent earning and you want to have a side gig or you want to take out time to, um, you know, travel the world when COVID lets us do that and those sorts of things. So, you know, I, I really learned um, through that experience that sure, invest some of that money into your business, but I probably mm. should have put some of that into property at that point. Like I really um, regret that decision, definitely. And I mean, that was, you know, it was a big part of what happened to me just several years later. Um, you know, this is a bit of a sad story really, but I gave up my financial independence and really just my independence in general in a relationship and at the age of 34 had to borrow $3,000 from my parents which after you've been living a pretty good life and earning good money and um, doing cool stuff was really mm. humiliating. I had to borrow $3,000 to leave an unhealthy relationship in a harborside mansion in Sydney and start again with a, an adorable wow. but chubby and demanding 18-month-old son under my arm. You know, he's 17 now and we've come a long way, but, you know, there were a lot of ups and downs and to start again from scratch at the age of 34 is something that I don't want anybody else to have to do uh, and it's not necessary. It doesn't have to be that way. You know what, Trina, thank you for sharing that with us. I really appreciate it. And I would just like to say, you know what, good on you. That's so awesome. To be in a situation like that must must have been, I can't imagine how difficult that must have been, but you did the right thing. You got out of the, the unhealthy relationship and you asked for help, even though you found it really difficult at the time. There's no shame in asking for help. So yeah, I'm really proud of you for that. And, and thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, thank you, Blaise. And I think you know, part of the, the story there as well is that we all make mistakes. You know, mm. it, you know, it's, it's, you know, I talk a lot about how do you go from fail to fierce, you know, because it's what you do in those moments. And I wasn't covered in glory. It was horrible. It was, you know, it was challenging, but most people didn't realize what I was going through. Mm. Uh, you know, and I'm somehow, you know, I'd been out of the workforce for some period and I'd lost my confidence, my connections had disappeared. So I strongly advocate for young people, if you take time out of the workforce, keep working on your skills, keep your connections up, you know, make sure that you don't become too isolated. And this happens a lot to, to women when they take time out to become parents, but it can be for anything, right? If you decide to do your side gig, just make sure you keep your hand in with other things as well so that you've got a bit of a, a parish shoot there but it's also about it's okay to make, make mistakes don't be ashamed to do what you need to do in that moment you know mm. and somehow god only knows I talked um, a large IT firm into hiring me at that point um, but I lasted three months you know because I simply didn't know how to juggle being a single mom of a little fellow no family support around me at that time uh, mm. with a really you know, significant job. It was probably a really dumb idea going for it, but, you know, I'm kind of wired that way, right? I went hard after it. But 23rd <laughs> of December, you know, I, they sacked me 23rd of December. I hadn't been long enough to be there to get any cash out of that. So, you know, I was just like, well, what do I do? So I found a friend who'd look after my son and I reached out to another friend who had a company 
you know, putting up Christmas decorations and I went out and I earned $10 an hour cash in hand putting up Christmas decorations and, you know, that was my next step. Now, I'm pretty bullshy, so my next step from that was to go and run a financial planning and mortgage business, but it's not the point, right? It's what you do in those moments and, you know, there were lots of tears and lots of feeling like I was an absolute failure, but for me there was just no choice other than to keep keep moving, particularly, you know, there were nights when I, I didn't have enough cash to feed my son I wasn't very good at putting together, um, you know, what are they called? Oh, yeah, those robots transformers. So, you know, how am I going to keep him entertained and distracted from that? And it's really just about, you know, just those little tickles of resilience in that moment. And we all have those setbacks, but you don't have to make the same dumb mistakes I did. Don't get left hanging. Trina, if I was making a movie about your career, I think I would call it from the the quickest 180 ever from baubles to mortgage breaking. Can in, you can you write my autobiography? Can you write my biography for me, Blaze? That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's chat about that after the show, hey, see if we can work something together. <laughs> now, Trina, I uh, I did the old Google search before the call just to see how much, I've done it before, but how much super should I have at my age as a 28-year-old woman? The average balance is about 31K, but it's almost 10K higher for men at 41K. And given that, you know, it was International Women's Day recently, uh, gender equality and the gender pay gap is fresh in our minds, I'm hoping that you you can elaborate on why there is such a big gender pay gap when it comes to superannuation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, nice work Googling and it, that, that's a really great start. The, the reality is that it actually starts when um, when young people start earning. So by the time you're 23, the average Australian man is earning around 10K more than the average Australian woman. And there are a lot of reasons for that. Some of it's the gender pay gap. Some of it is, you know, that's about 15 or 17% of that. But it's also part of the contribution to that is around the types of careers and things that we do as well. What happens then, though, is that the gap in um, retirement savings starts to widen exponentially. So, you know, People aren't excited about the idea of compound interest. I'm here to tell you it's the eighth wonder of the bleeding world, right? You know, the more that <laughs> we love early, compound it interest. builds and builds and builds on itself. And, you know, we're always trying to find great metaphors internally and we quite haven't quite smashed it yet to get people to really understand how awesome it is. But it's why there's just so much that young people can do from the moment they first start earning what you do between the ages of 17 and 25 as a young woman can actually completely counteract the impact of the gender pay gap even if you do nothing else so starting earlier contributions into your super making sure that you're not paying too much so all of these things are really important so you know over their lifetime the average australian man earns two million dollars more than the average australian woman Two million more. Two million dollars more. And I'm here to tell you there is not one woman I've ever spoken to who thinks the average bloke, sorry guys, is two million dollars more valuable than they are. And there, <laughs> here, is, here. <laughs> there are a lot of reasons why that happens. So, you know, women take more time out of the workforce to care for children, to care for elderly parents. Um, and that compounds on all of those things, like the, the, the gap in, in wages and all of those things. What also tends to happen, so a big piece of advice to young women out there, if you take time out 
to have a child, there's a strong chance you did it with somebody else. Not always the case now, but if mm. if there's two of you who've decided to have a child together then, and you're taking time out of the workforce, make sure that there's a, a premium being paid to you for that. Make mm. sure some money's going into your super. Take advantage of the, the partner contributions. Get paid a salary in your home, right? That, that actually needs to happen because otherwise not only do you lose on your income, you lose on your superannuation. But what I also see happening is women tend to come back part-time a lot because they go, hmm, okay, well, um, if I go back, I'm going to have to pay for childcare. I'm only going to end up with an extra $50 a week. It's, it's pointless, but it's not pointless. You can choose to do that if you like, so long as you make sure you've got a financial buffer to look after yourself mm. in future. Let's, let's hope that the relationship works out, but there's no promises in life, right? And so... Um, what you need to do is just make sure that you are keeping pace with growth in your career. This is what happens to women as well. The time that you're out of the workforce, you know, you're not on that, um, the promotion rise. You lose, you lose more ground on the salary increases. You lose confidence is what I see happening a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. And a lot of women as well um, aren't investing the time and energy through that period because you don't have any time and energy, here's a strong tip from a mother, <laughs> um, into keeping their skills up to date. And so, you know, really it is a vicious circle in that situation. So, you know, I mean, I could bang on about that forever. I've got loads of things that you can look at doing. But the one number I want to make sure you understand is that at the moment, according to what the government thinks is comfy, not my version of comfy. You know, you want to be retiring so that you've got $45,000 per annum. So that's $867 per week. Based on that, women are currently retiring with $430,000 less than they need. And they are living on average four or five years longer than men. And so that's why the fastest growing homeless demographic in this country are single women over the age of 55 because they've spent a lot of time contributing, caring at the hearts of families and communities, but they end up without the financial resources, without the superannuation, they've been carers, relationships fail, and they don't have those same connections and ability then to step in and start earning again. Now, I'm hoping that we're going to see that changing for lots of different reasons. You know, we've got much higher volumes of women who are becoming educated and, and higher education levels than men, but there are some um, fundamental things that need to change at a policy and social infrastructure level to, to step into those gaps. But I won't get all political on you today. Um, you know, that, that's probably for a different forum. The focus should be on what are the things that you can do so that you don't become one of those stats. And, you know, the earlier you start, there are so many things that you can do, and they're simple. They're not, they're not mm. difficult. They just require a tiny little bit of attention. And the earlier you start, the better off you'll be. Trina, that's an amazing insight. And thank you so much for shedding the light on a very important topic that often doesn't get discussed nearly enough. And, uh, yeah, it's easy to see how these the power of compounding interest can have negative effects, especially with lower amounts of contribution and maybe unrecognized effort in uh, in different ways in life that typically goes beneath the radar. So that's a really important topic that you've really highlighted there. But you mentioned one thing which I think is really interesting that uh, I'd like to learn more about, which is this concept of there's 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 an acronym here which is called the 
ASFA Comfortable Retirement Standard, which I think you might have quoted just then. You know, what exactly is this and how is comfortable, quote unquote, determined? Um, I'm assuming comfortable is like unique to everyone. Yeah, well, you'd think so, but that's the beautiful thing about averages and associations who decide this for us. But it's why you need to get educated and decide Mm. for you what matters for you. Yeah, so ASFA, I'll get the acronym wrong, but it's something like the Australian Superannuation Federation, something or other, Australian Superannuation Funds Association. There we go. Sorry, ASFA guys. Sorry, I do know who you are and care about what you think. Um, (laughs) But, um, you know, that analysis, I mean, it, it is challenging, but that analysis is based on some pretty rudimentary figures, food, housing, electricity. You're definitely not traveling overseas on holidays. Um, Does it have my Aspen ski trip in there? Babe, I've got to tell you, the girls in my team were horrified when they saw what their fashion zero budget was going to be when they were retiring. And so (laughs) it's actually why we did our own analysis. So we've actually built out a tool, which is it's still Excel spreadsheet at the moment, but we're going to digitize this baby so that you can actually choose what, what, what is the retirement lifestyle that you want. You know, for me, um, you know, I want the gangster granny lifestyle, man. Like, you know, I want to live it up. I want more margaritas on the beach in retirement. Thank you very yes. much. Right? Trina, I'm with you. I, I, I hear you. I'm there. I'm sure I'm Dan's nodding as well. So, yeah, we're all, I think we're we all, all, we're all hanging by the beach together. But the reality is you actually hit on the key point, Dan. We are all unique. What is not unique, however is that by the time you're ready to retire, you've run out of time to do anything about filling up the coffers. So Mm. you do need to take a proactive approach earlier in life, which is hard, right? Because we're all distracted with, you know, the demands of today, the costs of today, the wants of today, right? I totally get that. And, you know, I'll be 50 this year. I'm I'm not enjoying looking at my wrinkles very much, right? So I don't want to think about my 67-year-old wrinkles very much. But what I do know is I never want to feel the way I did when I was 34 ever again, ever Mm. again. And so that motivates me to act today. So my job is how do I create urgency around this for young people to put them in control? And I think one way to do that is go, dude, you probably want to be a millionaire. Yes. Wouldn't that be nice? Multi, 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 right? So let's do that. But, you know, the fastest way to make sure of that is to focus on how you're topping up your super savings and, and, and investing for the future and creating a retirement income so that you can be a millionaire when you retire because you're going to need it, right? You really are going to need it. So maybe yeah. linking those two things together. Um, but what's exciting to me, which I never expected when we went down this journey, because, you know, don't tell anybody, but you know, I'm like everybody else. I'm like, yeah, superannuation insurance, like, could it be any more bleeding boring? Like it pretty (laughs) much not, right? Like, I'm not going to lie, except that when you realize how powerful this tool is for you, and it requires so little attention to have it work hard for you. So something that I think is a great way to get young people to pay more attention to their super is to, to share this with them, which is that It's not a magical savings piggy bank, right? That's not what it is. And by the way, if some, somebody put, took 10% out of your savings and you, and, and, you know, didn't put it back in or you did, you know, you would notice, right? So pay it. This is 10% of your money going into your superannuation. This is your money. 
So pay attention to it and make sure that you're not paying too much for it. Make sure it's being looked after well for you and that it's growing on your behalf because that's the beauty of it. But one way that you can get excited about your super is this is your very first investment portfolio. So if you want to become an investor, what a great way to start paying attention. What a great way to start learning about that. And we've got some really cool stuff coming down down, down the pipeline with, um, with Superfierce around how we can help people to start to learn about investing inside their existing superannuation portfolio. So learn to do that in super and then you can step outside into the real world. That's really cool. Trina, the way that you framed it, I have, I'm have i absolutely guilty of, I think we all are, like you said, super, sounds a bit boring, rah, rah, rah. When you frame it as 10% of your income, because that's exactly what it is, when you actually realise, yes, it's my money, just because I don't see it, because my employer automatically pays it or whatever, yeah, that definitely changes how much I care about it because, yeah, 10%. It's a it's a decent chunk. Well, think think about it this way. Like, so I hated this moment in COVID, like most moments in COVID. But you know, <laughs> when people were suddenly able to take money out of their super, I'm like, no, mm. don't do it. But what was good about that though was all of a sudden people seemed to realise it was their cash. So that's a positive thing. So if you're guilty of taking money out of your super um, through COVID, you know, not a great decision. Sometimes you don't have a choice, but all is not lost. So there are things that you can do to quickly make up for that. Um, so I'm going to share a couple of numbers with you guys. So the Please average do. savings, the average savings in unnecessary lifetime super fees for the average Australian woman is around $102,000. For men, it's around $136,000. That's money you're paying for simply no additional benefit. And I'll give you an example that makes it easier to understand. So, well, sorry, that is easy to understand. That's just money (laughs) pouring down the toilet. Well, it's actually just pouring into the pockets of, you know, blokes in suits. So, you know, don't do that. It's your money. Pay attention. Make sure you're not Mm. paying too much. That's the starting point. The second thing is as well, make sure you don't have more than one super fund. There's still, you know, around 5 million Australians have more than one super fund. And to bring that into context... Um, how many phone, you know, do you have more than one mobile phone? Uh, I would prefer not to comment on that, Trina, <laughs> okay. for reasons undisclosed. Let, let, no. me, <laughs> let, let me use me as an example. I have one mobile phone. As do I, yes. And now it would be batshit crazy if I were to take out a plan with Telstra, Vodafone and Optus for my mm-hmm. one mobile phone, right? But that's exactly what it's like if you have more than one super fund. You're just paying extra fees, probably insurance, on for no additional benefit. The only exception, there are two exceptions to that. One is if you have insurance for a pre-existing medical condition within one of those super accounts and you want to maintain that, and that's a really good reason to do that and something you should always think about if you're thinking about switching your super. Um, Another one is if you've got money in a defined benefit scheme, and I'm pretty sure most of your listeners are too young to to take advantage of of that old old structure, which is, is very tax effective. But, you know, so for me... You know, the advice that I give people when it comes to their super, first thing, give it meaning. You know, we don't pay attention to it because it doesn't mean anything to us. So if you can link it to something that's going to make you feel or be able to afford or experience or achieve in your life in the future, 
you're going to pay more attention to it. So give it meaning. You know, for me, I, I want more margaritas on the beach and I would really love, you know, four international trips a year. Yeah. Now, obviously, I'm going to need, you know, my gear to go with that. Skiing, <laughs> snowboarding, whatever it is, right? So then number two, you can't get anywhere without a plan. So once you give it meaning, make sure you've got a plan. How are you going to get there? And if you don't know, there's so many ways to get support and advice around this out there now. You know, that's what excites me, you know, about things like We Money and um, all of the amazing, um, you know, groups that are helping young people to to understand financial literacy and get excited about investing in those things. It's just so Mm. awesome. Then Mm. the third thing is pay attention. Pay attention to it. doesn't need to be a lot of attention. Pay attention to it maybe once a year. That's all it takes. And then be informed. Make sure you're paying attention to it. Next thing, make sure you don't have more than one super fund unless you need it, and then make sure you're not paying too much for it. So we already know, Blaze, that you might be able to save around $102,000 in unnecessary fees over your lifetime. Huge. Go sort that shit out. That should not be happening. Dan, you should be even more motivated. So those sorts of things are really important. Just a very quick interlude to talk about WeMoney, the producer of this podcast. WeMoney is a completely free personal finance app that helps you get the most out of your money. You can download it for free on either the Apple app or the Google Play Store. And you can do things like track all your spending in one place, connect your savings account, transaction accounts, and even your buy now, pay later to get that singular view of your money in one place. Also track and monitor your credit score if you want to improve your credit score. If you've got a low credit score, you can do that directly inside the app and it gives you personalized responses in terms of how you can improve your credit score. And you can also connect with like-minded community members that share the same passionate fervor of helping everybody get ahead together with money. And best of all, it's free. And if you use the referral code podcast on sign up, you'll get $5 when you connect to eligible bank account. How good is that? All right, now back to the show. I just want to give you three simple ways that people can retire with $50,000 more. All right, let's hear them. Okay. Bring on ball of retirement. So three simple ways, $50,000 more in retirement. And by the way, that adds up to about 80 bucks a week. You know, it's what I say to my friends. I'm like, seriously, girls, go get, go get this sorted because I'm on a long ladies lunch every week of retirement and by the way if you do that we can you know, we can call ahead and get the mum put on ice right so 80 yes. bucks a week extra so to do that you need to pay 0.5 percent less in fees on average you know and that's pretty easy to achieve depending on where you are you can try to earn 0.5 percent more in returns that's mm-hmm. harder to do so saving on fees is easier than trying to manage the performance, but you should be looking at all of those. But a really simple thing that you can do is just contribute a little bit more every week early in life. So for the average 30-year-old, if they contribute an extra $8.50 a week, I don't know about you, but there's I could definitely give up on $8.50 a week in coffee and donuts or something like that. Given um, the price of everything at the moment, yes, I'll give up my baby Chino and save an extra $8.50 for my retirement. <laughs> exactly right. 
But, you know, that that's closing the gap. Like, it's just incredible, the impact of that. Like, would you give up $8.50 a week to have an extra 50 to 100 grand, you know, depending Absolutely. on your age, right? Depends where you are. But, yeah, you would, but you don't if you're not paying attention to it. So that's why I say pay attention, be informed about the impact of that. I suppose this comes down to something that Dan and I love chatting about, which is, and it's just something, it's, it's a nice reminder, Trina, that, even the smallest amount can have such a huge impact. You go, oh, it's $5 here, it's $10 here. You know, we can we can so flippantly spend these amounts of money, but to actually take that 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 money and invest it can have such a monumental impact. Like $8.50 for 50k. So Bring what it a great on. So Blaze that language was really instructive and with your permission I'm going to borrow it in future. Go wild. So, you know, Instead of not spending $8.50 a week or saving $8.50 a week, you're investing $8.50 a week into your future. And That's it. Something that was a really unexpected tickle of pleasure for me on, on our journey was seeing what happens to people when they work with us to save on their super. I, I, I should have known it was coming, but I didn't. But what, what I saw was they go, Jesus, you know, Trent, like, are you kidding me? It was so easy. Tim, it's so easy. And they walk taller, they feel better, and they're like, lean in and they go, okay, awesome. What can I do next? What can I do next? And I actually think that's what's most important about the $8.50 a week is that it makes you realize that you're actually in control. You're 100% in control. You don't need to be a genius at math. You don't need to know financial markets. You know, there are simple things that you can do every single day that means you are 100% in control of your financial future and that means you've got the choice to do whatever you want in future. If you want to hang out on the, the couch in retirement in your wire fronts and eat Cheetos, knock yourself out. You can, right? <laughs> Sounds divine. Up to you. Yeah, well, I don't Between I'm the couch pretty and sure the I beach. won't look too good in wire fronts, but, you know, you know, who knows? That's just too visual, isn't it? Sorry about that, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's a podcast, you know. If you're listening, use your imagination. Don't. <laughs> well, Trent, this is really good, and I think I think as practical as we wrap up the show is that uh, you, you know when it comes to selecting or switching your super funds, you know what can you use to identify what is actually a good deal for you? Because I think more practically speaking, is that we've all got super funds. We might have three of them, we might have four of them, we might have more than that. But what are the things that we should look out for in terms of finding the right deal for us? Yeah, look, I think the the most important starting point is exactly that: just realizing. It is your choice. Don't assume mm. that your employer knows what's best for you. You know, that's a mistake that we all fall into. You start a new job and you go, yeah, yeah, whatever you put me into, that's fine. And it's also how we end up with multiple super funds, right? So pay attention to that and make sure that you've got an opinion. Choose where your money's going. The second thing is to make sure that you're not paying too much for it and to make sure that you're in a fund that's actually been able to deliver um, good, consistent returns through a variety of investment cycles. So if you've got a fund that's selling you on their performance for the past one or past three years, you need to look past that. Because dig a little deeper. Dig a little Go back deeper. a little further. I can't begin to tell you how many times I've had to write in product disclosure statements, which all financial products are meant to have and do have, past performance is not necessarily indicative of future performance. Strangely enough, there's a really good reason 
why ASIC says that we have to say that because there is no certainty that what happened in the past will happen in the future. Now, sure, you can look at trends, but if you want to look at that as an indicator, then you must look back over 15 to 20 years. One, five, six years just doesn't cut the mustard. Why? Because your superannuation is a long-term investment. You know, for your for your listeners, like, you know, it's 30, 40, 50 years. So you actually need it to deliver consistent returns by smoothing out the volatility through different investment cycles. So what that means is to make that more practical, look back over the last 20 years, right? You know, we've had the global financial crisis. You know, we've had wars, we've had COVID, we've had mm. bushfires, you know, like, we've, we, you know, we've had epic biblical plagues of whatever type you can choose, right? So you mm -hmm. want to be able to see that a fund can perform consistently through different investment cycles because that gives you a better view of what they may be able to do in the future. So, you know, the Grattan Institute's an independent research um, body here in Australia, and they say something which I think is really important. It's kind of, it's not sexy language, but it makes sense, which is, Performance is transient, fees are persistent. So what that means is the only thing you can be sure of at all when you're looking at your super is how much you're going to pay. Everything mm. else is an unknown. So if you're going to do only one thing, make sure that you're not paying too much. And the great news is so many of the wonderful low-cost um, super funds in Australia today are now actually starting to show up. And I've seen a real change in this over the last couple of years as some of the best performing, low-cost, ethical, sustainable super funds. And I know that's going to really appeal to, to a lot of people. So, And I, I'm constantly delighted and surprised to see how often people, when they go through, um, through our platform, that you know they're leaving money on the table. They could be taking more home, but they're choosing um, an ethical, sustainable option because they, they care about their future, but they also want to save the world. And I just think that's freaking awesome. Yeah, I agree with you. That That is awesome. Now, Trina, we're just about to run out of time, but I would love to hear a little bit about what you do at Super Fierce and, uh, yeah, where our listeners can find out more about you and Super Fierce. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. So Super Fierce is a, um, it's a personal wealth platform, but we've started with Super. So we're independent and unbiased, which is really important. So what that means is that the information that we provide you is purely quantitative. We don't earn money from other people in any other way because we want you to be able to trust that the information we provide you is, is best for you. So you'll go onto our website, you'll put in some information, upload a bit of information, and then our platform will run a minimum of 182,000 calculations to generate well, a free digital report for you. And that free digital report is actually what in financial services is called a statement of advice. It's a legal document that if you're licensed to provide personal advice, you're required to provide, which we are. So you're not just getting um, an analysis of things, it's getting customized to your particular situation. So in your report, you'll see how much you got in super, how much you're on track to retire with, and almost also how much you could save on unnecessary fees if you were to switch into a lower cost fund in a range of different investment categories, lowest in the market, ethical, sustainable, and also what we call a fierce performer. So that's that's a fund that's, um, that's low cost, but has been generating good, long-term, consistent returns. All of that's free. 
the way we make our money, because otherwise my children will starve, is if you want some help to make a change to your super. Um, and, you know, it isn't as easy as people think, you know, so, but give it a red hot go if you're, if you're up for the challenge. If not, call me later and we can help you out. But we manage that process for you and we look at your insurances through that to make sure that you're not going to be worse off. We handhold, we make sure you've got the right documentation for your employers, etc. And you also get a free annual super health checkup every year. And then just the little tickle of deliciousness on top of that is that we are a social enterprise. So we donate $100 every time somebody pays to use our service into Fierce Impact, which is our philanthropic soul sister. And through Fierce Impact, we're funding initiatives that are helping marginalised women in Australia to escape situations like domestic violence, financial abuse, and, and all of those other things that ultimately mm. lead to some of those alarming statistics that we see. And yeah, so I think what's great about that obviously is that you can do you can do well, you can do something that's great for you and do good at the same time for someone who needs our help. Well, Trina, amazing. I, I now know where the name of the company originates from and your disposition in life, tenacious and fierce, just underscoring that with a yellow highlighter, it's, it's evidently clear. Amazing to have you on the show and amazing to learn about your perspective. It's a topic that we should all learn more about. Thank you again for joining We Talk Sense. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Dan, and thank you, Blaze. Thank you, Trenna. Stay super. Thank you so much for tuning in today and joining us as we chatted to the lovely Trenna Probert about super. What would mean the world to both Blaze and I is if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and tell us what you think about the show. If there is any questions at all for either Blaze and I, then get into our DMs at Instagram at our handle, Get We Money. We'd love to hear if you've got any thoughts or any questions for us. And if you're listening on Spotify, you can give us a five-star review in there too. So we would really love to hear your feedback and, uh, yeah, see what you think of the show. That's all from us this week. We hope you have a fabulous week ahead and we'll be back in your ears next week. Have a good one. See ya. Adios. Adios.